Know that you're both on a growth strategy and a growth plan, no matter what it looks like. If you're committed to growing collectively and individually, the outcome will always be positive. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with my own husband, Gerald Washington. We're talking about taking the intimidation out of the money conversation with your significant other. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. If you are brand new here, here's what you need to know. You have just stepped into a community that believes that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's the condition of well-being. And so today I want to talk about We're going to talk about how to be well in our conversations around money with our significant others. Now, conversations around money and marriage, I know, can often be intimidating. Even just the idea, right, of combining two completely different lifestyles under one roof carries its own fears and expectations. And this is why communication is key to managing money as a couple, Because without the ability to disclose personal debt or spending habits or savings goals, or even just your financial fears with each other, you won't be able to work together to build the financial freedom that you desire as a couple. Now, before I jump in, I have to thank Smarty Pig for sponsoring this episode. Smarty Pig is a free FDIC insured high yield savings account that lets you set multiple financial goals and open simple savings accounts with visuals for each goals. Smarty Pig accounts are offered through Sally Mae Bank, a member of the FDIC. But of course, all thoughts and opinions are my own. Now, today, my husband, Gerald, and I will be sharing some of the financial lessons that we've learned over the last 13 years of marriage, almost 18 years together, as well as the process we use to navigate money conversations and just work together as a couple. Because let me tell you something, just because you may know me as America's Money Maven, It doesn't mean that this journey for us has always been easy. So without further ado, let me introduce to you for not the first, not the second, maybe like the fifth time. You're just getting too regular. My husband, Gerald Washington. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I like being regular. (laughs) You are definitely becoming a recurring guest. Now your daughter's been on the show. Yes. On the show. My baby, Jesus Christ! It's it's our show now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it becomes a family show at time, which it, which hopefully is good. But I got actually question: Does my mic sound nice? My hair look good? Um, okay, this is why he and his child don't get invited often because this I, is I on the black. I got, I got on the male Chase Purpose My Money sweatshirt. These are hot. Oh, they! I like it. The black and black, black is black hot. Out. Yeah, I like it. I do as well. I should have. Yeah. We we chasing purpose around here. Yeah. Okay, listen. So we're talking. This is really called how to talk money with your honey. So oh. you're my honey. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how to initiate and just really move through the intimidating money conversations with your significant other. So yeah. I was sharing in the intro that, you know, people may know me as America's money maven and, and make all these assumptions that this is this was probably always an easy thing for us but it wasn't. So 
how would you describe our initial conversations about money early on in our marriage? For us, our initial interactions were around investing and developing and, you know, being very young, but being, the, you know, searching for the other person, even as friends, that you can talk about aspirational goals and finance within college, right? So I think we had an understanding that we both wanted to, to accomplish things and be successful, right? Separately, right? But the collective conversation is harder because now there's a conversation around your version of saving versus mine, my version of buying versus yours, what's too expensive versus inexpensive. And that was a roller coaster that I believe slowly became a merry-go-round of understanding because it didn't go so much up and down. It, it had to go in circles at times, but I think it started to slow us up down for us. Yeah. I remember just being really intimidated, even when I thought that I knew the right thing to do. Mm. I will say as a as a wife, as a woman, initially, I felt that I had to defer and not say anything, mm-hmm. not have an opinion, not contribute any of what I consider to be my strengths right. at all. And I think that we both suffered because of that, like not honoring what we both brought to the table or putting all things on one person. Some things at times, all things were just on you. And then we went through a season when it was all on me. And then we had to find our rhythm. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think that part is huge because it also reaches back to what you were taught and what you learned and what you saw. Right. And our parents lived individual lives on my side, you know, so I think those things mm-hmm. you taught, you learn, but to come together and now I have to have a conversation, we had to teach each other. Mm-hmm. We had to learn how to say things and not say things. How to say, you know what, let me just come back to that next week when mm-hmm. I'm in a better space to talk. Because for me as a man, pride jumps in and pride jumps in from a level of not wanting to let you know that I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how we're going to do this and I don't have the answer, but I'm responsible for you and Reagan. And so in that responsibility, the pride jumps in to not want to look foolish and to just not knowing when the simple answer, when you're strong enough and mature enough as a man is that I don't know, but let's figure it out together. That's mm. the hard part until you get to that maturity level to be able to own that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're off the merry-go-round. Yes. I think, I think we've come off the roller coaster now. So I yeah. feel really good about just sharing the things that have worked for us. Um, I really want to use this conversation to inspire couples, especially couples, purpose-driven couples, right? You did an episode with me um, about that. And you've talked a little, I recorded you on my Instagram at one point, um, just sharing some wisdom. And people have been asking me a lot of questions because I will post the time lapse sometimes of our Monday morning meetings. Mm, Yeah. And they're like, what is that? What are you guys talking about? How long have you been doing it? So I wanted to just do this episode so we could break down like the benefits of, of that and other conversations that we've just been having around money. So I have 10 tips. Are you going to help me break these down? Got it. Okay. Okay. So the first thing, the Monday morning meetings, we started to schedule weekly meetings now, I know that we used to think we said things to each other in the passing, right? Like, I know I told you to pay it. I thought you were going to do this or what happened? Well, Reagan's schedule and things were just getting lost in the shuffle. And instead of getting frustrated with each other, we dedicate now at least 90 minutes 
on Monday morning to have what we call Money Mondays, but we talk about our personal finances, you know, check our net worth and um, what's coming up. Are there any unusual expenses? Um, And then we talk about business stuff. What has doing the Money Monday meetings meant to you? Clarity, security, a bit of comfort that it's all on the table. We now know what we walk away with for the week to get accomplished. And as much as it is about keeping our finances in order, it's about understanding travel. We're both very busy, you know, but we lay out a calendar. And, and, and my daughter is, is, is just a part of that basketball practice and all those things because family's a business. In order to run it successfully, you need those meetings to talk about everything so that everybody's on the same page and knows their action items to tackle for the week. For me, that's what it's done. It's allowed us to set goals and hit metrics, but also know my responsibilities are heard. And then to help, because a part of it, the end of our meeting is, how can I support you? You know, and that's our time to say, I need help with this. I need help with that. Mm-hmm. I know for me, it's definitely made the conversation in general a lot less intimidating because I used to not know when is a good time to bring up like, hey, this bill. So like, what you want to do, right? So if you come in and you've had a bad day or I've been going through whatever, the way that we deliver the information that is just neutral information, this is due or I need this for this or this time, it could become really tense when it's not delivered at the right time, right? Not because it's wrong, it's just the wrong timing. And having the meetings have made it, I don't have to feel like I need to get everything out when we're in the bed on a Thursday night and it ain't the time for that. Hello, somebody, right? Now I know Monday morning, we can tackle that. We'll talk. We'll tackle that in our meeting. That part's outstanding. It, it gives your life, and your marriage, and your family, and your relationships balance. It gives them balance because it puts things in order. And, and the Bible says do things indecently in order, and that gives you order. Mondays are our day to talk about these things. And when you get out of order is when things start to, to maneuver. You let that adjust how you do other things, whether it now infringes on Reagan's practice or date night or cooking or whatever. No, keep it in order. It happens on Monday. Mm-hmm. That's been so good. Okay, so the next thing on the list is just about how you initiate the conversation. A lot of times we just don't approach money conversations with compassion because there's so much connected to it, right? It's not my way is the right way and your way is the wrong way. It's just we have different ways. How have you learned to be more compassionate in your delivery when it comes to talking to me about finances. And I want to just remind you of this. I don't know if you remember, but probably maybe five years ago or so now when I was dealing with more of the finances and it wasn't as equal as it is now. And you would ask me questions or like ask me deeper questions and I would get offended. Like, well, I'm doing it. So it's like, just trust that it's done, right? And you definitely have learned. And I think we both learned that when each of us is handling something in particular to just have more compassion about how we initiate the conversation. What are some tips that you've learned in dealing with me? <laughs> I think the biggest thing that we have to learn as people, married people, people in relationships, is that I don't work for you and you don't work for me. 
We're in this together. So the responsibility of it is shared as well as the success of it. The failure of it is, is, is shared too. And I mean by that is that we missed a deadline, we missed the deadline. I didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. We missed it, right? If you're handling the tax conversation with the accountant, and I know I used to ask all these questions that here's the deal. I wouldn't know it if you asked me. So why am I asking you, right? But to set up a call with the accountant for them to explain it to us is a fair thing to do. And I think once we get out of the space that you don't work for me and you're not entitled to know everything when I ask you or have done something because your life runs just the same as mine, we get into a space that we can now come to the place and ask the question out of grace. Like, I think at the end of the day, if you care about the person you're communicating with and you love the person you're talking to about a certain subject, it's not about attacking. It's about figuring out the solution, right? And Monday meetings allow, it minimizes the, the, the threat and the, or the attack because we put it on an even playing field and we're having a meeting about it. So I've learned that you don't work for me. And in that same respect, I don't work for you because we're working together. This is us. Mm. And, and approaching it from that gives it gives it grace. I mean, I think we we people we get ourselves out of the space of togetherness and making that bill your responsibility because it's your cell phone or my responsibility because it's my taxes. Well, damn it, are we married or are we not? Mm. Right? That's a whole other lane we can go down at a whole nother time mm. about being equally yoked in the conversations you want to have. But in 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 all things being equal, we just gotta figure it out. Yeah, that's so good. The next tip that we wanted to talk about or just idea that we wanted to throw out there is that a lot of times even these conversations are approached the way they are because we come into the relationship with these very finite money beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. So like I was sharing, I had a belief, even though I didn't grow up with my parents married or really see married people, in my head, I had created this story that men handle the finances. So I just need to stay out of it. And that was it. It wasn't rooted in anything. It wasn't based in even the dynamics of our relationship. It was just, we got married and I was like, oh, that's his thing. And then I just wanted to check out completely for a period there. And that wasn't necessarily helpful because when we owned our business together, I took care of all the business stuff. And then we got married and I was like, oh, <laughs> like it's not my role anymore. But that was a that was just a, a myth, right? That didn't have to even come into play, possibly had we had real conversations about it earlier on. Had real conversations about it early on. Or had a shared understanding of what the conversation can be, because I believe in the semi-spect, men are trained to, on the opposite, provide. And we are, right? And providing looks like security and comfort and, and making sure things can take care of as well as income. But I had the same struggle on the opposite side. Those years of making a transition from one uh, industry to another, there was no fine money coming in. And so leaning on you and your business to change until the shift happened and I was able to contribute again in, in, in a bountiful way was hard for me. But who's to say that in certain levels of life and the reason why you join forces as a couple is so that you can have the opportunity to lean on that person in times of when things are rough and vice versa. We're classically conditioned as a society to take on these beliefs that are rooted in nothing. They're rooted in nothing. They're not rooted in any scientific facts mm -hmm. that if I control the finances, we're going to make more money. 
BS. But I, matter of fact, I'm good at making money. <laughs> and a lot of it. But the structure of how we do these things, I'm just, I'm not wired that way. Mm-hmm. Those conditions are rooted in nothing and we take them on or we're taught them. And I think it's time, like, like what we did, you identify your own way, mm-hmm. your own style, your own strategy that works for you. So I think on the other side of the myths, one thing that we've done really well, I think you create mantras at different points. So in the book and redefine wealth for yourself, one of the things that I share is that when we were in New Orleans, after our homes foreclosed and the, the cars were repossessed and we used to drive around in that beat up yellow van all around Metairie, Louisiana and New Orleans, we had our mantra. Been what was there, our mantra? Been there, done that on our way back. Been there, done that on the way back. And that was a reminder to ourselves that what we were experiencing was temporal. Even though it was a very difficult time of eviction notices and, you know, power being cut off, negative bank balances, owing the child care center money. That woman just showed us so much grace and mercy. Oh, my goodness. Like, even though all food stamps, yeah, all those things were happening, we still held on to that mantra. And I think it was for money, but it was for life. So what we would do is look at cars or nice houses or different things and be like, been there, done that on the way back as a reminder that we're not going to be here forever. We didn't have the level of money meetings, the Monday morning meetings like we do now, but it was definitely, I think, a good seed in the direction of us coming together and having this like always coming up with a plan to work together, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I look at some of the things that I do today, I look in old journals and it's your writing Mm. saying Patrice is going to write a book and then another book. This was before I believed it for myself. Mm -hmm. And those meetings that we would have about who, what I was going to do and teaching that first class that I taught at that church in the ninth ward in New Orleans, where I created my own workbook and all that stuff. Like a lot of the vision and the writing of that stuff is in your handwriting. Mm. So I think in the same way that we come in with these myths, right, we have the power to create our own mantras and support each other in executing the larger vision. Because you used to say, you're my horse in the race, no matter what. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know if this is cute or kind, but, you know, but you used to say I'm the horse in the race. And to your point, you go through seasons where things change and what's holding us down It's the very business that was birthed in these types of sessions, even though we weren't doing them as consistently back then. And I think that's where men have to look at the entrepreneurial effort of their spouse equally as they do themselves, right? Because I believed in what you were doing. It may not crack now, but it's going to crack, right? Mm -hmm. You you were doing the work, you know I mean? You You were getting it done and building but my horse in the race means that when it's time to, to cash in on this, you already running and you're going and you're not stopping. Okay, cool. We need to invest in some, in some, a better trainer, a better this to make you go faster. Let's do it. Because later on down the road, we're going to need this. Retirement is going to need this. What I'm doing is cash and it's successful and it's proper. There's no 401k. You are a 401k. Mm-hmm. You are the horse in the race that's going to push us as entrepreneurs past where we're going. So, Yeah. I love it. 
So one of the things that we've had to do over the years too was learn each other's financial blueprints. So in Real Money Answers for Men and Real Money Answers for Women to my two books before this current book, I really talked about uncovering your financial blueprint so that you understand more about why you do what you do with money. Because it's never just the money, right? It's always the thoughts and the beliefs that power the actions for what you do. And I remember one of the challenges we used to have is I consider myself to be more of a saver and you were more of a spender. Still to this day. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things that I learned is because, first of all, I looked at that as a negative. I thought it was a negative that you spent money, but the truth is, like as we've grown and matured, I realized that I would have missed out on so much of life Hmm. if you were not the person that you are because you invest in us having beautiful experiences. Like so many of our best memories have come from you really going all out. And while I can't pull the trigger, you guys, it's so bad. Sometimes I'm like, babe, I'm gonna send you the link. You have to hit submit. Like, because I'm not going to be able to do it right. So it's still something that I work through, but I think that we've been able to get good balance. But what I learned about you over the years is that, you know, it's not spending just for the sake of spending. A lot of your spending came from a place of that just being your love language. Like I give gifts. I want to make sure that you see these physical manifestations of my love for you. So when we were dating early on, you guys, For my birthday or Valentine's Day or any holiday, I would come into a room and there would just be clothes and shoes laid out. And then I would have three colors of the same shoe. Like if he liked a shoe, you was going to get every color they had available in your size. And you were going to not just get this, you know, black jacket. You were going to get the white version of it. And there were all these things. And so even as much as I thought it was like, oh. that's so awesome the other part of me was like oh my gosh why did he spend so much money Mm -hmm. and we had a mentor that told me at one point you're gonna have to let him love you the way he needs to love you this is how he shows his love this is not how he this is not a reflection of him just wanting to be irresponsible or feeling irresponsible this is literally how he shows his love and you you're gonna have to be okay with that or or come to some understanding and that was a wake-up call that it was not about, oh, he wants to squander money. It was literally, this is how I show my love. And, and I probably never said that, said this out loud, but many times I would prepare months in advance. So March is your birthday. And I've never said this, but I would hit a lick or do something or sell a house. And instead of taking my whole commission, I would put $1,000 here, 500 there. So when it's that time and I know it's coming, it, it's not squandering a bunch of the way. Now I may have you know, not done something for myself, but there's an extra 2,500 for this particular thing or 3,000 because I knew it was coming and I would be able to do in my way that, that large, mm-hmm. go everything I want you to have, you know. So I think that's awesome though, because again, you know, I would jump to judgment. So it wouldn't even occur to me. And this is crazy, right? So we're talking about even our dating days, you guys. So we're talking 15, 16 years ago. It never occurred to me that you saved or Mm. put something aside or that you were thinking ahead. Never. I'm just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) He got his check on Thursday. This man has spent his whole commission because, you know, I used to write the commission check. So I'd be like, he didn't spend his whole commission check on Valentine's Day, sir. Right? That's the thing. We 
judge and we're not even really having a clear conversation and we're not clear about even what money represents to our partner. Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, when it comes to you and Reagan, there's always a desire to, you know, before our means of travel were the way they are, Mm -hmm. there was always a desire to push the envelope. What does it feel like? What does it look like? Okay. So if I'm going, we're going to Africa, everybody going. Mm-hmm. Everybody going, everybody going at the same time. We all fly in the exact same way. We all, everybody going because we get to see this. So, because for me, I work to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I work harder to do that. So I, it was important and it still is important. That's what I'm saying though. Like, you know, if you gave me the choice and this is where we had to learn each other, because if you would have given me the choice to go to Africa first class, mm-hmm. was it, were we first class or business class? First First class on Emirates yep. through Dubai to Africa. And, stop, Those, and stopping in Dubai. And we stopped in Dubai. Right. Now, had you discussed that with me and had <laughs> you said, <laughs> this is the price per ticket for yep. everyone to come. I may have been like, babe, you can go. I mean, it'll be fine. I know you have to do a little work. You just go work, you know, or. Maybe we could come later so that we don't have to be in first class with you. Maybe we can do business class, but I know you won't want to leave me in business class if you're like, I would have been trying to think of all the things, but let me tell you something. Hands down, that trip to South Africa is one of the most memorable trips of our lives. I still think about Godfather Prawns and belly dancing and like all of the amazing amazing things and when i look at the pictures even when reagan sees pictures sometimes in my phone we just reminisce about that i don't miss whatever the dollar amount was that was spent on the tickets the only thing that i'm going to go to my grave with was that experience with my family and that's why i say who you are is a strength to our family I would not live the same quality of life had I just married someone just like me. Wow. And I'm going to give you the reverse, right? I wouldn't be able to sustain the quality of life had I not married somebody like you. Because the balance is I'm planning an event for my house. <laughs> and this event and events oh, for me, Lord. <laughs> events for me are not just like, oh, we're going to have some food on the grill. And no, I got to have, and, and my guy kids are coming and, my friends and family coming. So these are extravaganzas. I was going to say, it's an extravaganza. This is a okay? two-day festival, right? That I am not necessarily participating in. When it comes down to it, I'm going to make sure it's pretty. Yeah. And it's designed well. But all of the things that Gerald Washington is planning for this extravaganza, I don't even want to know the details. I just know we're going to enjoy it after. But if you've been to a... a, a Christmas brunch or family event, you know how I get on when it comes to that. And this one, now as I'm, I know that I write my list. Matter of fact, you have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm starting the, the event for July. I'm starting, my camera's kind of bad. Mm-hmm. I'm starting my list now because I got to write this list and then I got to make the first edits. Jeez, <laughs> this is not going to happen. You don't need four jumpers for, for three kids. You take two out. You know, you don't need water slides and the. It, I know it has to come out. And yeah. then I'm going to give it to you and some more going to come out. So, 
Yeah, he actually told me that at the Monday meeting, I said, like, what's going on with the 4th of July plans? And he says, um, well, I have to do my master list and then I'm going to cut the list first. I'm going to do the first round so you don't just hurt my feelings. And right. then you can do your trim and then we'll get down to the real things. But I just think it's so funny that we like we've evolved and grown into this place where I know that you're going to have a master list. And and that's fine. And I'm going to just, you know, do what I do and try. But the thing is, I've also learned because I understand how important it is to you to have these experiences. Mm-hmm. One thing about it is I don't say it's not necessary. We're not going to do it. Or like it, it, there's not like um, the tension that it used to be because I used to ask, why do you need all that? Why does it have to be all that? But now that I understand more of your financial blueprint, I understand why these moments matter to you. I understand why creating the gatherings and having family and all those things, which is a beautiful thing, I used to misinterpret, Mm. right? And so getting to a place where I understand, look, this is important to my husband, so we're gonna make it happen. But you also are in a space where you're like, I wanna do all the things, but I know my wife is gonna help make sure that I don't go overboard and we just get to a happy medium. That's That's it. So another thing that we've really grown in is just setting shared financial goals, right? So before you actually get into the relationship, very often it's like, I want to save X amount of dollars, or I want to pay off my student loan, or I want to do this. But then you come into a relationship and that could still be the thing, but what is what are the goals as a unit? So not just about taking care of individual things, but where are we going as a family, what do you remember about how we used to set goals versus how we do it now? Like we said earlier, one, it was individualized, right? And initially, and I think now the common conversation is how do we get to the tape, right? So how are we getting to the end together? And what does that look like? And these are the things you got to work backwards from, prioritizing certain things and making sure the kids are set in, in, in that everything that needs to happen is, you know, college fund for Reagan. What does it look like? Right. You know, because those are shared goals that, that meet and match how we feel like we're getting to the tape. Yeah. I think us like really putting down these bigger goals too have just allowed us to. Eliminate our debt. I mean, it's a, yeah. Eliminate our debt, buy our home, do our renovations, you know, um, debt free in cash and, you know, max out different funds and accounts for certain investment opportunities. But I think being able back to the Monday meetings, like we set the goal, we have the intention for the year, like right now in our weekly meetings and our agenda, we have the intentions for the year for 2021 and then just reporting out on a weekly or sometimes, you know, we don't get to it. We might do it the next week, but how are we moving forward with those goals? So when we were just paying off all the debt of just like moving cross country and, you know, some of the things that were incurred there, like, but okay, if that number is simple numbers, $10,000, what are we doing each week or each month that is contributing towards getting that goal down? Because I think, For each of us, that's made us make different choices, even when we're by ourselves, because we know we have a bigger goal at play. So I'm not even going to play around and do anything that's outside of what we're focused on as a unit. 
Absolutely. And I think to that point, once you have the shared goals, it makes your individual decisions match the outcome of the shared goal. 100%. So tracking your goals as a team. So, you know, one of my apps that I love is Smarty Pig, right? And what I love about Smarty Pig is that it allows you to have the shared goal. So we have our goal right now for the sanctuary. I haven't talked about this on the podcast, so I might let you. This is a little sneak peek into something that we're working on right now. But one of the things that we like about Smarty Pig is that it allows joint ownership so that we can both have full access to our goals and whatever activity is going on in the savings account. And that's wonderful because no one's in the dark. That's right. Everybody knows what's happening. Yeah. Everyone knows what's happening, whether it's the balance or any deposits, or we can always see what the timeline is for achieving the goal. So one of our goals, Hmm. and this goes back to the vision piece, because I've seen it written in your handwriting before in my handwriting, Hmm. and you've really been like kind of spearheading this. But Hmm. one of our upcoming goals is to purchase a beachfront property that can be used to house retreats for my clients. Correct. And right now in Smarty Pig, in our Smarty Pig account, it's labeled the sanctuary. Yeah. And the target date is June 2023. So do you want to just share like what your vision is for the sanctuary? Yeah. You know, for me, the sanctuary and and the timeline in the app is so helpful because it allows me to back into every aspect that we want before Mm -hmm. we get there. Right. And so the sanctuary will be a place where you can have small and larger groups, outdoor facilities, um, the ability to have um, meetings and have the chef and people provide food. The women will come there and be taken away from their normal lives. You, you, you'll be transported into an experience that allows you to, to enjoy each other. You know, you're doing your first retreat for one of your groups, but this space now allows us to move away from the normalcy of things and everything in the sanctuary will be clean and crisp and white and, and mm-hmm. airy and just, I, 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 it's going to give me chills, but you now have your own space. Yeah. You have your own space. Man, what a blessing though, for you to be on the same page. And again, it was really more of your idea in the first place for my business. It's yeah. our business, but for the business that I primarily run. Right. And just the thought that knowing that we want to create this space mm-hmm. for women in my community, it makes us more deliberate about what we're doing today personally and professionally. And when we look at that account, it makes saying no to certain things make sense because we're both on the same page of saying yes to this retreat space two years from now, you know? And and it, and it reminds us, you know what I mean? Being able to see it collectively in one space, in a smarty pig, it allows us to flow through together. And mm-hmm. I like it because the timeline allows me to back into everything we want to do. Yeah, I like the image. So for me, the having an image, yeah. and it's so funny when I put in the sanctuary, I think I clicked on like home as the sub thing, yeah. but the image that came up was this white candle yeah. on like a table. And I was like, how appropriate is this for the sanctuary and just the whole vibe that we always talk about? And so the image, the progress bar, and then just having like all of the pertinent details it helps us avoid mental accounting, which is in financial psychology, like it's a real challenge, right? So mental accounting refers to this tendency for people to make decisions based purely on mental categories. So that's Mm -hmm. like trying to, you remember when you used to try to balance your checkbook, your your checking account in your head? Always a disaster. Mm -hmm. 
never works out. Right? <laughs> so, <Basically. I'll, laughs> so it might seem like rational, right? Because, but the, the truth is the categories we create are really arbitrary. And in some cases it can become misleading. So you think that you're saving towards this thing and then it gets sucked up by, you know, something else, but you haven't separated what you're working on into these different accounts, which is why I love Smarty Pig because they have, you can set 999, literally, you can set 999 smaller goals, but now you can allocate the dollars in the right place instead of having one savings account where you think, well, I'm saving for taxes, I'm saving for my house, I'm saving for my car repairs, I'm saving for vacation. And then you never feel like you get to a place where anything in particular can be accomplished. Smarty Pig does what we said earlier. It gives order. It provides order to what we're doing. And it's important. It's like our Monday meetings. It falls right hand in hand because it, uh, to your point, it allows us to have that those opportunities to see things in order. Yeah. So another thing that we've done over these years is learn how to ask for help. You mm. mentioned that we'll say like, how can I support you? But we've really learned to lean on each of our financial strengths. So my strength might be budgeting. It might just be making sure that we, you know, that we're thinking about like forecasting and thinking ahead to a lot of these things, even if I don't know how to do it all, because I'm definitely not a CPA, honey, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor, but having the awareness that, hey, these are things that we need to have in place, but your strength is negotiating. I have watched you as I tell you, sell ice to an Eskimo. I'm like, what in the world, right? How has it felt being able to lend more of your natural gifts and strengths to the finances of our family? Powerful and successful in in my role in this. But it, it wasn't easy to get to those feelings, you know, until the shared understanding and the shared respect that didn't come with a frustrating conversation because you didn't know the other aspect. And I think when you have the shared respect and a shared understanding of your strengths and you're confident in that person for their strength and the other person is confident in the other, it, ma- it, it makes the powerful, it makes you feel powerful. It makes you feel desired and understood and wanted to play your role um, because there is value in negotiating, even if I don't know budgets. That's so good. You know, it doesn't take knowing at all to be successful with money. No. And I think that's what holds people back from even trying is thinking, I need to be great at all aspects of anything that comes with finances. And if I don't know it all, I'm not going to do anything. Mm -mm. Right. It's like, what are the things that you're good at? Do the things that are good for you that you enjoy doing, or at least it's not as such a headache for you. Right. And then hire help to fill in the gaps. Like neither one of us wants to be a CPA. We hire a CPA. You know, we're at the verge now of like, we need a family CFO just to kind of come and help because we have all these businesses and all this personal stuff. And we want to make sure as the girls grow up, you know, that that they're taken care of and we need additional support. But it's like, lean into your strengths and then be okay to ask for support in the areas that you're just not good at. That's been a, a game changer for us. It has, it, it allows you to breathe a sigh of relief because I don't personally feel as judged. Yeah. 
I used to feel like, oh, if I don't know it all, he's going to be upset or I'm not really helping my family or I'm not contributing the way that I'm supposed to. But the way that you're supposed to is the way that you know. Like it's not trying to fake the funk. It's contributing what you actually are good at. And the truth is you don't know if you're good at it until you try it. So one of the things that I do suggest is giving yourself a quarter to maybe try some aspects of whatever your family needs financially. Give yourself 90 days to learn a little, to implement. You may find that you actually like doing certain parts. You just assume that you didn't or you couldn't. And then if it doesn't work out at the end of the quarter, then either you guys can switch or you can go and get the support that you need. Absolutely. And give, give each other grace, right? Give each other grace as you're going through this quarter of, of learning. That really goes to the next point, which is apologize when needed. So the thing is, no one is perfect and pride can lead to major downfall when it comes to money, right? So we shouldn't assume that our way is the best way or that we're right and our partner is wrong. We don't want to demean our significant others because like you said, babe, like we're on the same team. I don't work for you. You don't work for me. We're right. on the same team. So if if we're on the same team, even if I forget to do something that I should have done, like you said, we missed the deadline. We missed the deadline. It's not to be like, you missed the deadline again. So exactly. what, right? It's not to do that, but I can also take responsibility when I missed it and apologize if if I did something that's thrown us off. And I think that you've done the same thing. Yeah. And, and I think that the good part about a Monday meeting is that it holds you accountable without having to hold you accountable aloud, right? I know the meeting's coming on Monday. So if there's something that needs to be doing, done during business hours, I check my notes because we also have an agenda mm-hmm. that we update every week, Right. So I can check the notes of things I'm supposed to do. And if I need to, as a man that may have forgot something Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I can get on the ball and get it done by Friday. So I am on point for Monday, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the business. Yeah. We've said this already, but I have it down here anyway. And I'm just going to reiterate, just remember your relationship. Remember that you're in this together. I hear the statistics all the time around money being the leading cause to divorce because people fail to communicate, right? So I hope that everything that we've talked about is just like a nod in the right direction to just get folks communicating and being open to understanding that it's not going to be perfect, but you can make it your own. Like you can make it your own. And and even without the perfection, you will be able to make progress just because you're being more intentional. So you were placed together for a reason. Remember why you decided to do this. It's like you said in the beginning, this is also a business. We we run it like a business. Your household is like a business. And so it has it has income, it has expenses, right? It has little employees. Reagan is on payroll. <laughs> like, it, I mean, there's there's a lot there, but at the end of the day, the goal is to get to the tape and make choices that are going to be supportive, not of just what we need today, but what our needs are going to be 30, 40 years from now and who we are today and and how deliberate we are about these conversations are not just for 40-year-old Gerald and Patrice. They're for 80-year-old Gerald and Patrice. And they're for, you know, 50-year-old Reagan because we don't want to be a burden to her when we get to that place and or to the, our bonus children. Like we don't want to be a burden because we are not 
sitting down and having deliberate conversations now. When you look back 90 minutes a week on being intentional about your legacy and where you're going, we spend more time than that scrolling through social media. And we started at, th- at 30 minutes, then it grew to an hour, then it grew to 90 minutes as we started to evolve in what it was. But just get started. Mm-hmm. Just get That's started. good. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing we just put on our list this year, I've said it, I'm making it more of an, an intentional step is to celebrate every win. So I haven't necessarily been great at celebrating. You'll go buy the same shoes in two, three colors. That's right. But but you know what's really sexy to me now, though, that you'll say, but babe, look at this. It was on sale. You know, that gets me. (laughs) You know, I like that. So that's like the the compromise. (laughs) He'll be like, I got this on sale, though. Right. But no matter how big or small, one of the things that we're really learning is to just celebrate our wins. Right. So if your goal was to save for date night and each of you set aside fifty dollars a week for a month. Right. And you now have four hundred dollars that you save to go to an amazing dinner and an overnight stay, right? But it's to celebrate. Look, we've been saving. We've been on the same page. It's time for us to have a reward. We made we made it through the pandemic. We made it through our renovation. Our reward has been stay home and cook. <laughs> that's your reward. Stay in and cook. But I think that's the next evolution to our journey is just finding very deliberate ways. Like, is it a quarterly getaway? What is that thing? And what is the metric? You know, so when we get to the sanctuary and we purchase that beachfront property and we're able to do whatever renovations we may need to get it up and going, there still needs to be the thing reaching the goal in and of itself. It's not the only reward. Yeah. Like, that's the thing I'm trying to say, right? Like, there's also got to be some recognition for man. You said you were going to do it. Yeah. You worked backwards. You made the timeline. You figured out what that needs to look like on a monthly basis. You said no to things that weren't as important in that season. So you could say yes to this. You did this thing for, I don't care if it was one month, six months, 12 months, three years, five years. When you finally get it, what's the reward? Because you deserve it. Sure. I got to figure that out. Right now, my rewards for completing my last MBA course were a strawberry shortcake ice cream cake mm-hmm. on Mother's Day that I absolutely loved. That was a good enough reward for then. But I will be making up more rewards. We got to do better about fully celebrating. But this was so good. Thank you so much for sharing. Any last thoughts just about you know, any advice to couples out there who are struggling to have these conversations with their significant other? What what do you want them to know about what's possible for them? It doesn't happen overnight. Celebrate the wins, give each other grace, and know that you're both on a growth strategy and a growth plan, no matter what it looks like. You're both on a growth plan. If you're committed to growing collectively and individually, the outcome will always be positive. That's good. The outcome will always be positive. Well, Mr. Washington, thank you again for lending your voice to the Redefining Wealth podcast. For anyone who wants to check out Smarty Pig, again, this episode was brought to you by Smarty Pig. It's a tool that Gerald and I use. And I really believe that a lot of couples can benefit, whether you're a couple or not, but being able to really 
track your goals, create the timeline, work backwards to build up to it, have that visual image, all of that great stuff. It's beneficial. So check it out, smartypig.com. There's a link in the bio. If you have any questions, just hit me up and ask. But that's it for us. Let's talk in the Redefining Wealth Facebook community. I would love to hear your thoughts about how you and your significant other remove the intimidation from these types of conversations. You can hit me up in social media at Seek Wisdom PCW. And that's it for me. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 